All right, welcome back to the On The Daily Podcast. I am your host, Eric Portwood, the founder and your host, I think I already said host, of the Armed and Dadly lifestyle and the mindset that we call Armed and Dadly. I am extremely excited about this episode. It's been a long time coming. A while. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Um, for many of you know that this podcast got started back when I began my mental health, self-mastery, self-development journey. And it it started because as men and as dads, we need to show up as the examples for our kids. And I was not doing that. So during that time, this man here that I'm all, uh, we're going to have a good conversation with was always there. He's always been a a uh, staple in this uh, mental health self-development journey and um, has always, no matter time, whatever, whatever the time goes by, he is there and always, always reaches out. It doesn't matter if I don't answer the phone, he doesn't get mad at me either. So, um, so like to introduce my friend, Craig Bodette. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? Appreciate you having me. This has kind of um, been, what, like six years in the making? Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah, well, I don't even know how long I've had this damn podcast. Uh, well, it um, feels like six years. Yeah. So, and our, oh, no, now we're good. Oh, you're good. Uh, the video was off. I get, uh, I don't like when the video is off. But anyway, so, like I said in the introduction, man, I, you know, we both experienced uh, trauma within the fire department and, you know, lost a good friend. And that was a big, a big part of where I started going down this road and trying to help other, other guys and girls, you know, express themselves and their feelings. And I, I, I don't know, when, when did, when did your passion for the mental health world begin? Um, it, it actually started um, really by chance, honestly. It, it um, so for me, you know, I, I've had skin cancer several times, and I just happened to give a presentation on skin cancer, and what to, what to look for, and what not to look for, and um, you know, signs and symptoms, that kind of thing. And then so, um, really, at a, at a union meeting, just um, like at the end of 2014, like in December, and I'll never forget it. We were at uh, Station four in Doswell and having a meeting and they were like, Hey, um, you know, we take care of the, we got the health and safety with physical side, but we don't have anybody for the mental health side. Do you want to do it? You know, of course I'm like Who me? Man, what? You talking uh, to me? <laughs> hello, hello, hello. <laughs> yeah. And so it it really kind of shocked me. You know, because I'm and I, I looked at them and said, I don't know a single thing about mental health. Are you kidding me? And they're like, Well, no, we don't either. So, yeah, you want to do it. Now, I had an opportunity to take a couple of days to think about it. And I was like, well, look, if you're willing to accept the fact that I'm going to make some decisions that may not, that there are going to be mistakes, I'm going to make my mistakes. If you're okay with that, then, yeah, I don't have mind doing it. But if you're looking for somebody that's going to be a robot, I'm, I'm not your guy because I, I don't know what I'm doing the first office. So my mistake level and meter is going to go way through the roof. 
And they were like, yeah, we don't, we don't have anybody doing it. So yeah, come on. Yeah. And, um, and then I got into it, um, and really didn't realize, um, the lack of services or didn't really realize everything that was involved that people are struggling with on a daily basis, you know, even outside of the, of calls, just, you know, it's hard enough in life to deal with, to juggle family and to, to juggle friends and the other extracurricular activities you have. And sometimes at night, man, you come home, you're just like, man, I am, I'm not physically tired, but I'm mentally wore out. And I, and, and I think the other thing for me is being able to, um, really start my own journey. You know, I, a lot of people that work in the mental health field have had their own trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Being when they were either young and in the, in the middle school, um, as a, as early adults, we all have had our own own trauma. Yep. And so it really realized that, you know, I was dealing with my own trauma, which which I thought was what I was dealing with. Come to find out I wasn't really dealing with it. I was just able to yeah. kind of push it to the side and and keep moving forward. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's tough, man. It's tough to look at somebody and say, Hey man, I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. And that's that's hard. Yeah. I, you know, and and why do you why do you think that's so hard for so many people? Man, everybody's different. Everybody's different. I mean, you, you know, it just could be how you're raised, right? You know, sure. What, what do you? What do Cult- you? Culturally, yeah. sometimes you know, in different cultures, it's it's frowned upon to to say you're. It's it's really looked at as his true weakness in some cultures. Oh yeah, and even even in for us especially. I mean, when I say us, it's even for kids, I mean, like, yeah. you know, you smash your finger mm-hmm. and all four of your fingers are, are like crushed. Yeah. And what are you told? Oh, well, suck that up and hey, go grab some walk, dirt. Walk rub, it off. Yeah. Rub some dirt. Rub some dirt on it. You'll be okay. Yeah. Well, legitimately, that's, that's traumatizing. So we don't, we don't think about that. We just, that's what we're taught. So if that's what we're taught, it's got to be the right way. And so we're going to do what we think is the right, right thing. And that's just continue to move on. And we, it's um, it's it's amazing, right? So like, you know, I mean, my mom and dad were together for forty two years, and um, you know, my dad worked on a railroad and was gone three or four days at a time. So he'd leave on a Monday, come home on a, on a Thursday or Friday, and then leave again on Saturday, and it was just always that cycle. So I was always raised by my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad was there as much as he could be. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, you talk about Landon and spending time with him when you have work to do. Well, he would come home after working. 14 hour days and come to my basketball game, mm-hmm. you know, make only catch the, the second half of it. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that he was there, yeah. that he was present, yep. you know, really taught me the value of, Hey, look, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta be there for your kids. But, um, my mom was very much a very gruff woman on the outside. Right. Kind of like, seemed like almost ogreish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm not calling her Shrek, but she was just ogreish on the outside, but she had a heart of gold on the inside and a, an incredible, um, connection with people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and we're all wired to be connected. Yeah. You know, we, we all want to feel connected, but a lot of times when we're, when that connection stops or when there's a roadblock in that connection, you know, we, we fade away. Yeah. But you know, she raised me to say, "Hey, look, you know, you have emotions. Of if you're sad, you're sad. If you if you're crying, you're upset. Cry. You know, you, you have those emotions that are given to you. 
those are emotions that are, are handed to you, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just the ability to express them without any kind of remorse, not mm-hmm. any kind of embarrassment. Right. You, you know, cause think about it. Stop crying. You sissy mm-hmm. or man, that ain't that bad. Suck it up. Well, to you it may not be bad, but to me, it may be the worst thing in my life. And, and everybody has a different perspective. So it's the stigma. It's the fact that we would rather worry about our own. How can I say this? We'd rather worry about um, our car breaking down <laughs> than we worry about our own mental health. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I was thinking about that the other day. Is you know, you, you walk or you, as I go on these ruck marches every single day now, and whether it's raining, whether it's snowing, whether it's whether I got to do it at nighttime or whatever, I do it at some point in the day. And you see, you see these shiny cars going by, and it's like these people have spent more time maintaining their vehicle. And you look at their their face when they drive by, and it's just like a an empty shell. But their vehicle's shiny. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. they've spent more time maintaining that vehicle than they than they've even thought about. Themselves, and and I like to no, another point of the same thing. I was listening to over listening, to, um, overheard a conversation in the gym this morning. Of, of course, you know, been a big, couple big football games here recently, but these guys have they knew more stats and were, I mean, bashing some of the the plays that these players made. They knew more about this football team and these other players than I think they even know about themselves. Right, right. I don't think they've ever really taken a deep dive in on themselves, but they're very, very quick to to overanalyze somebody else first. Well, and I think that's just human nature. We're always looking. You know, we are very quick to tell somebody when they do something wrong Mm -hmm. before we are quick to tell them when they do anything right. Sure. And so we, um, you know, one of the other things that I could look at you and immediately find something bad in you, bad in you. If I look long enough, if Mm -hmm. I look hard enough, Yeah. you know? And so when that happens, that's what we, that's our default. That's what we go to. You know, you don't, it's like um, I was talking with somebody else. You know, Albert Einstein, I don't, I don't know how true, obviously, 1902 to 2022, 2023. I mean, you were born right right about uh, that time, right? No, it was 19, 19, no, 1899. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, sorry. No. Albert Einstein was like six. <laughs> um, you know, don't choke on water. <laughs> I don't want you choking on it, please. Um, but no, but he, um, he, he put up simple numbers on the board. Like, and I just thought, like 50 numbers, math equations. Like one plus one is two. You know, one plus two is three, that kind of thing. And he literally went and um, out of the out of the fifty he put up on the board, he made one wrong, mm-hmm. right? And it wasn't like early on; it was like in the mid, like twenty three, twenty four. And what did people focus on? Not the other forty nine equations that he got right. Mm-hmm. It was the one that he got wrong. Yeah, you know, and that's you know what I think that is. Why? I think it's be. I think we're very quickly. We're so quick to point out other people's wrongs because inside we know that we are wrong in those same things. Yeah. And I think it's also because you want to make people, 
you want to belittle people because it makes you put you in your takes you out of the, the spotlight out of you mm-hmm. takes all the comfort the discomfort you may be feeling and puts it on other people yeah and so yeah i i, I think you're exactly right I, I think a lot of times we make fun of people because of fear oh yeah absolutely yeah, you know, it, it takes the yeah it takes the spot like you say it takes the spotlight off of you and uh, puts I mean, it on them and then you can sink back into the shadows and and be that person that you're bashing. And, and, and <laughs> it, it stirs a pot. That's that's what gets me. It's just it just stirs a pot. I mean, people are people are not going to listen to you. So like if you're doing something wrong, like um. I'm a huge sports fan. I mean, I, I've liked it since I've been a little boy, but I think mainly because it was, you know, I was the only child. So that's one thing I had was, you, you know, if I wanted to play, I had to play sports with other kids in the neighborhood, you know, that kind of thing. And so, um, but I, I love basketball. Mm-hmm. And so there was a coach out of DeMatha High School out of Baltimore. Um, who basically, his name was Morgan Wooten. And basically he was stating that, um, that people – if you go to somebody and say, I'll start off with a negative. Yeah. They're not going to hear anything else you said after that. Right. You know, he said, I used to tell people all the time, Hey, look, man, we're doing a really good, we're doing a really great job of grabbing rebounds, mm-hmm. but we are not really doing a good job of, of getting back on defense or transitioning back to defense. And so while it may seem simple and, and kind of like, well, it's no big deal, but that's, if you tell me that something I do wrong, immediately I'm on a defensive. Yeah. And now I don't want to hear what the hell else you got to say. I don't. Yeah. Because you've, because now I'm thinking, well, he's not here to be positive. He's here to be the morning of negativity on me. And I don't, I'm like, no, I, I'm not going to deal with that. Yeah. That, that was one of the, one of the things I liked to do in the fire department is like, uh, one of the things I like to come up to people and, hey, you look nice today. I think I probably use that. I probably, people do not. People do not know how to accept. It's just a, it's, you know. I would even do that. We would be in the middle. I, I think it was uh, Justin Knuckles. I did it too. I think we were in the middle of a middle of. We were inside a fire, and I come in there. And I'm like, "Hey, man, you look nice today." It's like <laughs> we take the stress out of the situation, you know. Yeah. Hey, yeah. we're here. We're gonna get it done. And just have fun. You look with good. It. I look good. We're gonna we're gonna make it happen. And that fire looks beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, don't know what, I, I don't necessarily know what that looks like, but you know, I heard it. Looks you've heard of it. You've I, heard of I, this. Seen, you've heard of this mythical beast uh, fire. I've looked at it. and I've been like, man, that flame looks beautiful. Yeah, but it's it's kind of so. Think, think, and, and you know, you bring up a good point too. I cannot begin to tell you how many times, um, when you ask somebody, "Hey, how you doing?" It could kind of tense and freeze up a little bit and you're like well what's wrong you know it's almost like you've asked them to cut the right arm off yeah now i'm not a love my wife but she is a tv what's the word aficionado but she she loves tv like she you know her job is, is a lot of focus during the day and she comes home and just throws into the tv sometimes just to kind of decompress right but she was watching megan Markle and Prince Harry. I watched that too. Yeah. No, give me, give me a man card. Okay. <laughs> what? I actually lay mine on the table when I walk in anyway. Oh. <laughs> You're like, she's like, you watch Courtney's like, you want to watch this? Well, yes, so, dear. but in my defense, that's why I watched it. Cause Courtney was watching it 
Or and, not. I, and I had to come, you know, what am I going to do? I'm not going to be a, an asshole and say, turn this off. Well, Eric, I, I have tried that, but it doesn't work. It, it worked for like a hot second, mm-hmm. maybe a hot second. But I will say, um, my wife's got me hooked on below deck on Bravo. I mean, mm-hmm. but it's just more for moral support. I mean, I, you know, I don't, that's just rubbish. I don't watch it at all. No. Craig. 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 <laughs> what? <laughs> but um, so Meghan Markle was talking about her situation. And it it's literally, they literally, I take my hat off to them because they took control of their lives. And to get away from that circus called the media, get away from that circus of being followed mm-hmm. and have and trying to live a normal you know, husband, wife, child, normally normal family life. And so she talked about, she was going through some things and the guy was talking about something and she was like, you know, he, he never asked me, Hey, how are you doing? Right. Now, you know how easy that is or the the response, like I often will start conversations with, Hey, how you doing? And I was like, excuse me. So, but people start off like, you know, you start the conversation like, Hey, how you doing? They're, they, don't, they don't know how to take it mm-hmm. because I'm not asking with strings attached. I'm just generally asking. I think it's almost become, it's almost become such habit. It's almost not meaningful anymore when somebody asks you how they're doing. I know when you ask, you actually care, right? but I think the general statement of, Hey man, what's up? How you doing? It's just like a, it's just what we say all the time. Icebreaker. Yeah. It's just what we say. Mm -hmm. So it's not truly thought about. So when you, when they're, when somebody's approached and somebody truly wants to know or truly cares, then that's when it's like, what the second, man, we supposed to, we just supposed to be fist bumping and rolling on this, (laughs) man. I I ain't trying to get into I don't want to go deep. I, I, just, I just ask a simple question. Yeah. You say, good, I'm on my way. Yeah. But then what happens when they say, hey, I'm not doing so well, right? Or, or what happens then? Do you do you just go, all right, hey, cool, thanks, and I'm out the door? No. No, that's – when you ask that question, you better be prepared for people to give you a, an answer other than I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You know, well, what's going on? And I, you know, and I don't try to, I don't try to get people. I think, I think some people are not, they don't know what to say after somebody tells them, Hey, I'm not very good. Or they're really, they don't want to take on, they're not prepared to take on all of that weight. Correct. On the, on, you know, so now they're just like, they're freaked out. All right. Well, now I know this person's not good. Now it, what? It it's really it's it's the listening aspect of it, right? I mean, sometimes people just want to get it off their chest. Hey, man, what's going on? You know, when, when you ask that question, hey, what's going on? They say, hey, I'm not doing good. Oh, so well, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm having I'm having car issues, or I've just spent a thousand dollars on my car. Yeah. You know, to get it fixed or, you know, um, I'm having, you know, my dog is dying or something of that nature. You know, those are all things that we can relate to. We've all gotten hit with bills 
automobiles that are expensive or our, our dog passing away or, you, you know, so those things are very real. And, and that's where you can really just listen to what they're talking about. I can't look at somebody and go, yeah, I understand if I haven't been through it, right? If I haven't been through a dog dying, I can't look at you and go, yeah, I understand because I don't. But I'm sorry, you got to go through that, mm. you know? And then people, once you get them open and once you get them to speak, it, it's, it's like, it's just like fishing, right? You, you've got them to where they walk away going, man, I really do feel good, you know? Now here's the other question. Hey, what's, how you doing? Man, I think I'm going to kill myself. Now what? Yeah. What? Oh, uh, Oh, look what, look what time it is. I have got to get going. Mm-hmm. You, you, when they tell you that and drop on your lap, you better be ready to deal with it. And not just deal with it, but understand and, and get that person the assistance that's needed. And one of the things that early on in my, my, my young adulthood working career was you don't need to know the answers to everything. You just need to know where to go to to get the answers. And if you don't know what to deal with, to deal with that, how to deal with that, then you can have people, you know, you got people in your corner, kind of like, like people's tech or whatever that tech that, you know, we got people. That's, that's what it is. And so, um, people are very, and even include myself. Cause I, I'll be the first one to tell you, I thought suicide was the most chicken way out. I really did. I really did. I thought it was horrible. I thought you'd done nothing but screwed everybody else over. You've left everybody else here to suffer while you're free. But in all reality, that's that's not the case at all. In all reality, suicide is um, wanting the pain to go away. Mm-hmm. That's what it boils down to. Yeah, I think that I think that person has gotten. They've gotten so. They've gone into that dark place to where they don't think there's a way out, and I think that they are probably feeling helpless. They're feeling that they are more of a burden on the people around them more. And they think they don't look at it as a, as a selfish thing. They're thinking that they're doing them a favor. Right. But then it's, it's that perspective, right? It, it's part of the job is to try to, you know, if it's either with you or whoever else, um, a clinician, a mental health therapist, you know, somebody that can kind of put a perspective in. Cause it's also, you know, maybe it's, it's not, maybe it is a, a brain issue. Maybe it is a physical issue. Maybe you got something going on in, in your brain that you don't realize. Cause it, you know, your brain plays a huge, huge role into everything. You, you know, when it comes to that, I mean, like from depression to anxiety to um, suicidal thoughts, it's the brain is a very, as, as we all know, is very intricate and very amazing that the brain can, Sometimes one portion shuts off, another portion can wire in and, and go around. And so, um, you know, it, I think when people get in a hole and when they're down there, they look up and they're like, man, how did I, how did I get here? They don't even realize it, right? They don't realize they're in the hole, right? But then once they're there, they're, they're struggling to get out. And then they think that they'd have nobody else that they can rely on that basically that, that attitude of, well, I've got myself in it. I can get myself out of it. Mm-hmm. There's not a single time in your life from the time you're born until you're older that you don't need help somewhere along the road. I mean, th- I think about all the times with my struggles in my life that 
people help me, right? And and it wouldn't even help that I I asked for. It was just, hey, I see you struggling. Let me help you, man. I I can't, you know, I I want to get that back. Yeah, I, I don't want to hold on to that. I, I want to do that for other people to say, hey, look, let me help you. Yeah, and and but it's what's well, you don't. I know for me, you you know what it feels like to be in a dark spot. You know what it depression feels like for me. I know what depression feels like. I know what anxiety feels like. I know what it feels like to be in a super dark place. And I don't want anybody else to feel that pain. Like it sucks. Oh yeah. So I just, I want, I just want people to know that there are tools. There are things that you can do now. You know, there's, I think people say, Oh, just go exercise and that'll fix Exercise works, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. It does, but it doesn't fix. But it doesn't fix your brain. Right. You've. I think we're. Oh, what rabbit hole! I'm gonna try to go down here, but not. It's not a one size fits all. There's no silver bullet so, solution for for everything. I, th- I think the. I think there are simple diet, exercise, sleep, relationships. Um. You know, I think those are, for me, f- faith. Um, I, th- I think are huge staples, and that can can help. Mm-hmm. But for somebody that's never actually used those tools before, and doesn't have anybody to show them how to use those tools, then you know, it's all for naught. Yeah. Well, you, so so you think about this too, right? So we, when it comes to that kind of stuff. We we also don't want to reach out because we don't want people to peel back that curtain, right? And and to see how jacked up we are, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because look, it's a scary, mm-hmm. it's a scary thing. Like, you know, one of the things I always believe in that that I don't just I don't look at you and be like, hey, if you're experiencing X, Y, and Z over the last month, yeah. then you probably need to go see a therapist. Yeah, you're not a medication commercial. No. <laughs> no. Hey, take these. Yeah. You know, but I, I also firmly believe that, that I, I have to be able to practice. I had to I had to be able to believe in what I'm selling. And if I don't believe that, sure, nobody else is going to believe that. Yeah. Hey, look, man, I, I have no shame telling people, hey, I'm, I'm seeing a therapist now. Yeah. Right? And it's not because I'm at first it was because I'm struggling and because I knew the signs and symptoms of what I was dealing with and you know, everything was going on in my mind, but it was to get a different perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and sometimes even just talking to a therapist, is like that validation portion. And and if, if therapists are worth their salt, they'll, they'll either say, yeah, Hey, you're, you're right. You're right. Where you're thinking, or no, here's how, here's another perspective on how to look at that. Like like the individual I'm seeing now, the guy I'm seeing now, he said, um, you know, we were talking about intelligence and I don't, I'm not, I, I've never looked at myself as the most intelligent person in the world. Right. I mean, like I, I know people that could read a hundred pages in 10 minutes, take a hundred question test and get five wrong. Right. You know, me a hundred pages. I'd, is I'd, take get me. All, I'd get all of them wrong. If I'd say. <laughs> well, you know, when you put D down, you can never, yeah, I mean, there's a fit to get some of them. <laughs> come on, baby. Come on, baby. Oh, yes. But, um, you know, so I talked about that and he said, he said, but Craig, there's a difference though. He said, you may not have, he said, you not be, maybe an intellect, but he said, but you have emotional intelligence. And dude was like, you know, cut, when he said that, I'm kind of like, 
what? What? What is that again? And he explained it to me, and I was like, man, I, I am like that. You know, yeah. I, I am. And it, and it it's, threw me back. It's awareness. Emotional intelligence and being aware. Yeah, but I mean, even to hear somebody say, because you know, you never, you never view yourself the way other people view you, right? I mean, you, you know. I hope not. No. <laughs> God, I, if if people heard the way I talk to me, they would They'd be, like, be offended. What are you? Do you need to call the sheriff's office? What, what's going on? Why are you so hard on that guy? <laughs> you, ever, you ever see that movie, um, Liar Liar? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? I'm kicking my yeah, ass. That's right. <laughs> I do that daily. And, but I mean, so yeah, that's one of those things, man. That um, uh, to have somebody else see that and then to make you think about it, right? Because sometimes people say things to you and you're like, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's way off. It's, it, it, I was listening to a podcast this morning about that. And, and you know, it, we're very quick. We may be, we may completely believe in ourselves in one area of our lives, but it may only take that one person to come along and say, well, you know, you're, your your whole family's fat, so you're always going to be fat. For that person, for that to be in their mind, well, maybe he's right. Maybe I'm always going to be fat, and, and then not try, and then never even try, mm-hmm. because the, the the narrative, the the narrator in their own brain, is telling them how the story ends, mm-hmm. instead of trying to change the plot. It's over before it even begins. Yeah. And, and that's, the, the, uh, you know, the brain in itself just, it, to me, it's just it's the most amazing thing. But just how people bounce back. Like, you know, psychology to me is, is why do people do what they do? What are some of the decision making? You know, what's what's that mindset, right? I mean, you, you know, it takes courage to be able to, to, there is, it takes courage to be able to say, hey, I'm struggling. But there is strength in that. And that courage and that, and that saying, Hey, I am, I am having a hard time here, but we don't take the time to understand that. We don't take the time to understand that, that, Hey, you know what? If you come to me and talk about something, the very first thing I tell people, Hey man, first off, appreciate you coming to me because I know it's not easy. I know it's difficult. Right. But then we also had the opportunity instead of tearing down to build up. Right, because sometimes people are just kind of like, and you see them kind of collapse and relax a little bit, going, "Oh man, I'm not gonna be judged," right? And that's a great feeling. How many times you do that, right? How many times you, you somebody asks you a question and you're just coming up with some kind of BS answer just to get them out of your way because you don't want them near you, right? I mean, you do it with Courtney, I'm sure. Oh yeah, but it don't go far. Kind of like TV. <laughs> what? I write this note down. Go ahead. So you know, you talk about the the courage in in reaching out, and that that is that does take a lot of courage. I mean, it took me a while before I actually admitted and reached out. Um, but I think in the like in the military, fire, 
police, EMS world, public safety in general. Public safety in general. I don't. I won't say. I don't say first responders anymore because Brad always hated that term, first responders. Oh, yeah. So I, res- I try to respect it. <laughs> I try to respect that. Hard, isn't it? Um, I think I know that they they feel like they're still going to be penalized when they reach out. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. They're going to be labeled as broken or unfit or, I mean, I just, I just applied for a, I won't even say that I won't, I won't bash the department publicly, but I was told by a, a government organization that I was unfit for the job, for a job that I, did for almost 16 years. And you just kind of like, and they did. And there was no reason. There was no reason given. I can only assume that it was because I've seen a therapist in the past, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Could, could it could be, it was what, what else could there be? Was, it, do I not fit? Well, I don't know. It, How shocking is that to hear that? Right. It was dumbfounding. Yeah, it, I mean, to that point, you just kind of like not to, you know, not to discount other folks that are getting the job, mm-hmm. but well, it's less, a, we can discount them at the same time because these people that are some of these people that are getting these jobs, I think they're just getting them because they are a yes, man. A yes, man. Yes. They don't have a mind of their own. They don't, they don't have any critical thinking skills. They're not going to ask questions. They're just going to do what they're told. Kind of like a, like a horse on a trail, right? Yeah. That horse is going to on a trail. And that person, I feel like, is probably less likely to be aware that they may be struggling. So when you heard that, what does that teach you to do more than anything? When, 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 they, when, this, when they said, hey, thanks, but no thanks. Because of of you possibly seeing mental health, you know, because you're seeing reaching out for help, trying to make a better you. Yeah. What that teaches you to do is it teaches you to lie. Right. Absolutely. It, and that was actually my first. My my. I think I told Courtney. I was like, "Well, shit. If I had known this, I would have never said I would." It makes people, like you say, it teaches you to lie. It makes people not honest because they know how they need to answer the questions. So you're, you're, you're creating a culture of dishonest people. Yes. So what's it do? But same when, when they do get the job, then they know they lied to get the job. Then they get the job. And when they're struggling, then they're going to continue to hold it in because then they know they might lose their job. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. So then what happens? You have a, you have a ticking time bomb and they, one day they explode. One day they kill themselves. One day they kill somebody else. One day they, they wreck a half a million dollar piece of equipment. They kill, they kill a patient because their mind is not focused. Yeah. Yeah. Which could have maybe not prevented everything, but maybe could have changed the course of the scenario if they were just open and it, told the truth. It, right. Right. And and so it, it's kind of like you know once again I, you know I talk about I think about so you, you know with my mom I never 
you know, she was a brilliant woman, but I probably never told her enough how brilliant she was until mm-hmm. after the fact, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I mean, she knew how much I loved her, but, um, you know, that, that lying thing was, well, hey, look, you can lie to me, sure. You can tell me one, then you got to tell me two to cover up the first one. Then you got to tell three to cover up the two. By the time you get to four, the fifth one, you're not going to remember what you lied about. And I'm like, no, I, I think I'm pretty good at this. I think I can. And no, I, I was never success, never successful. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it teaches it, it teaches us to lie, but it also teaches to um, once again that hey, I'm not gonna stick my neck out. You know, I'm I'm not gonna be on a podcast talking about mental health issues. And then you, you know, I mentioned earlier that, that I'm a sports fan, right? I I don't know, do you remember Andrew Luck, the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts? Mm-hmm. So basically this this cat was in a preseason he was coming back from injury, he was in a preseason game. And the news broke that he was quitting. The news broke that he was mentally wore out and he was walking away from the game while he was still on the sideline. And so he's running to the to the tunnel and people were, the fans are booing him. But my mindset was different. I'm like, okay, well, let's say he didn't say anything to anybody and then all of a sudden he killed himself. Mm-hmm. What's the very first thing that people said? Man, if he would have just talked to me. If he would just reached out. I, yeah. if, I, if I had only known, I would have been able to help him. N- n- no, you were probably one of the people that would boon him as he's walking off the field. But you'll be the first one to post on social media, reach out. Yeah. Check on <laughs> check on your strong friends. Fuck you. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to drop the F-bomb on no, my podcast. What, what but was that, that? that fires me up every time. Yeah, I, as, I as the inf- the just influx of is when we have something happen and then it's just bombarded with, Oh, reach out. You, you know, you, you're strong. If you, if you reach out and reach out for you, look after your strong friends because even you're strong, yeah. you don't care. It's just cool because you just want to, you just want people to think that you're kind on social media yeah. so you can get a bunch of likes. Yeah. You don't really right. care. Right. You care about you. Right just like you would care about you when they reached out to help because it would inconvenience you. Right. Right. And that's, that's, it is actually so, so true. And it's so exasperating sometimes. And I, I like, you know, we, this past holiday season with Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, you know, we, we had some, some folks in the region that um, were struggling and people think that, Oh, well, Thanksgiving is Thanksgiving and Christmas are, what do you want to call it? Um, Joyce seasons maybe not not for everybody uh, i mean in the in the fire world you you, you would say tis the season yeah, yeah sometimes yeah you know it's it's not a it's you're not saying that jokingly it's, right. you're just saying it's tis the season because yeah. in that time of the year you you have more suicides statistically than any other time of the year right and so you know for those individuals that that were successful in in their plan, you, you know. I, I mean, I, I take it I take it personal. I, I take it personal because I don't want people to feel like they died alone. I don't want, I don't want people to think that there's no there's no help and that they got it. They got it. This is a cross they're dealt with, or the cards are dealt with, and they got to play it right. And then you, you know, I, I feel bad for the family. I feel bad for the friends, and not, but I. I take a person, I'm not naive. I know that no matter what we do, how much education you do, you cannot get people to do what they're going to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but 
maybe that person got made fun of, or maybe got he he told him, "Hey, I'm really struggling," and he got ridiculed, and maybe he did what? He didn't lie with somebody else, ask him how he's doing. I'm doing great. Are you? Yeah. You know, nobody will never know. You'll never know that. So it's it's it, it's being authentic, right? Like, uh, you know, I've, I've done a lot of, I've worked with and um, stay in contact consistently with um, Eric Chase from EM, EMS Improv that mm-hmm. does mm-hmm. improv, yeah. right? And so it's about standing in the moment. It's about being in the moment, living in the moment and being the authentic you, right? And sometimes you got to figure out who the authentic you is, right? But we, we did a class here in Hanover and... and First day we had twenty one people. The second day we had eight. And dude, when I say that there was, was it supposed to be two classes? Was it supposed to be back? To, was it? Yeah. Was it a? Why did so less than half showed up the second day? Or yeah, I, I, and I, I think it's probably because you know this is it, it was his first time teaching outside of Oklahoma City, um, you know, going to a different department to teach it. And I think that that it's it's hard to get people to understand what EMS in because you know we say improv, people are like like telling jokes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 um, comedy it's, but it's comedy with a purpose. I had do, I had women, men and women in there that were broke down, that were crying. Right. Now I'm not looking at them and this is through playing games mm-hmm. and I'm looking at them and I'm like, man, those people are, that's strength. You're in front of a bunch of people you don't really know and you're, and you're broke down. And the thing about it, they don't ever try to force you. Like, for instance, if it was your turn, if you know, it, and, and you're taking part of the game, it's your turn, and you felt uncomfortable, you didn't want to participate, cool, and then move on. Um, uh, there's a, a, a woman that was teaching, um, Christella, and I can never pronounce her last name, Corrales. Anyway, she's she is a ball of fire. I mean, but she gets it. She she does and she's been doing improv for the last fifteen years, fifteen, twenty years now, maybe, and she gets it. She understands it. And the very first thing she said was, All right, look, anybody got any cool cards? Go on, take your cool cards, take them out, and leave them at the front door. And you can pick them up when you leave, I promise they'll be there. Well, you, you know, it's just getting people to understand that and to relax. And mm-hmm. I mean, we can't make self we don't make fun of ourselves. We don't, I'm, I make fun of myself all the time because hey, I, I do some, I do some pretty goofy stuff. <laughs> See, like, thank you, thank you for holding it. In. I appreciate it. Thanks for not like trying to like. Well, stop. I just envisioned you uh, falling out of your truck. Um, is uh, I, what first, I what I just uh, envisioned. First off, let's get some straight. <laughs> Chuck Norris was laying under my truck and grabbed my feet as I got out. And when I fell out of my truck, I was talking to Eric Chase. Okay. So. So Chuck Norris fell out, but then he tried to snipe me, right? Well, he got you. No, he he did. But you know what? You ain't heard from Chuck Norris since. Mm. I'm a bad man, yeah, Eric. For, the, for those that don't know, there was uh, Craig had uh, was captured on his ring uh, floodlight camera or whatever that was, uh, falling out of his truck. And, and my loving, uh, loving wife, she said. She uh, did, she was the one who shared it for us immediately right, to, to see. Yeah, I called her. I called her up at twelve fifteen. By twelve seventeen, it was on Facebook. <laughs> I'm like, what is that's, that's love right there? Not even asking me if I'm okay. Not asking me, are you hurt? 
She was. She figured you were talking to her. You must be fine. But I will tell you, I felt so much better when I was sitting in my car door. <laughs> oh my God, that was the best. I was like, look, here you guys, like, take that. That's right. But you know, going back to, to everything, I mean, um, you, you know, I, and I think the other thing is people don't want to put effort in when it comes, look, mental health is not sexy. And I know that. I know it's, I know it's not sexy, but it can be. It, it can should be, made, be. Yeah, it should be, but, but it can the, be made not to be dry. Yeah. We, 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 the way I've spun it is like our minds are the most powerful tool on the planet. Mm-hmm. And if you train your mind mm-hmm. and you can truly become a, tr- a source of power. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like I say, you know, not every tool works the same, but for me, I just simple things is just go and do something hard every single day. Just a little bit hard. It doesn't have to be very difficult. If hard for you means that you always are sitting on the couch, walk to the, walk to the mailbox. Mm -hmm. Right. Take a little bit of, take one step every single day and get that, get that small daily win. I don't, I don't, you know, people I think are intimidated by what I say, go work out. I don't, you don't have to do what I do. I don't expect you to do, to do what I do. I mean, I do. But what I do expect you to do is get your ass up off the couch. Mm-hmm. And that's not, I'm not saying that in a shameful way. Right. But I say that I, f- I feel like truth, there is no greater form of love than the truth. And I know that you will feel better if you just get up. So let me ask you this. Why do people hate the truth so much? Because it's the truth. <laughs> it's, it's, but, but I mean, what because then people... they have to, I think, so I'll use me as an example. I'm a lot of times my, my biggest enemy just to get me to get you to come over here and do the podcast. I will make excuses for a while before you even got over here. I'm okay with that. I, so, I, I understood that. but I feel like. And that's why I feel like I am very in tune with other people's minds because I do all that shit. It just might not seem like that to them. Right. Right. But I do. Everybody does. We all have excuses. None of us feel like doing a lot of things. We don't feel like getting out of bed in the morning, but you have to get up to feel better. You can't, when you, when you remain stagnant, then you, you remain in those same thoughts just to simply get up out of bed and walk down the hallway. You can change your perspective, right? Look outside and see the sunlight. Now I know there are, there are people that are, that, that are in places that I'll have never experienced. And I hope to never experience that I've never been to. I have never been in a place to where I feel like I never want to get out of bed. Like I can't physically get out of bed. I've never been that depressed. Right. But I I think maybe that's because I have trained my whole life. Everything I've always done is, is active. So I know that's what makes me feel better. You keep moving. Yeah. Um, But why is the truth? What was your question? Why is the truth? Why don't people? Some, why don't people like this? Why is the truth so hard sometimes? When when people hear it, I think that 
I think where I, what I was alluding to is, is you then have to dig deep into yourself. You have to it, look in the mirror. Is the truth, wait a second, maybe that is the truth. It, it, and that's, I, I think that's where we fail a lot of times as adults is, is, you know, is what, is what that person's saying valid? Is there really some, some validity behind it? And then you've got to look at that and go, you know what? There is. Cause sometimes people say something that may be what you're thinking, but that may not necessarily be the case. And, and, and you may not know the whole picture, right? But I, I think to have the opportunity to, to look yourself in the mirror and go, Hey, what can I do? to make myself better. Cause sometimes honestly we do things we didn't realize we're doing it because we've been doing it so long. It's just like normal everyday stuff, but you know, it's to be able to take that truth and to be able to try to make yourself better with it. And sometimes honestly, the truth is hard to hear. I mean, you know, I, I, I always laugh. I, I was, I was just actually telling gentlemen this morning, I was like, you know, I don't think there's people that wake up going, man, I love to be lied to. I wish somebody lied to me today. That'd be awesome. Man, I really hope somebody just treats me disrespectfully or treats me like crap because I think that would be the best today. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Have you ever anybody said that? No. Nobody likes to be lied to or disrespected. Right. You know, we all, are you going to repose? No. I'm turning this fan on. I'm oh. getting warm. It, is it because of me? You get me hot and bothered. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> but you know, it's um. I can see some armpits sweating the camera there. So. Oh, can you? Yeah. See, but that's a that's an example of self confidence. Like a lot of people would uh, shy away because they might have some armpit sweat. Here you go. Right? Guess what? We all freaking sweat <laughs> from our armpits. Oh. Uh, I smell pretty good. Though. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, I mean, I don't stink, but I'm hot. Yeah, but so I mean, yeah, we we just don't. So we don't want to have to. We don't want to have to work on ourselves to make ourselves better, right? We don't want to have to look at that truth and go, "Yeah, that's right." And I've been sometimes. It's just kind of like I've had people look at me and say, "Hey, look, peer support or mental health and fire service. You know what you signed up for. It is what it is." And so you know. I, I respect that opinion. And my reply to that is, hey, look, that's cool, and I'm, I'm, and I'm glad you shared that with me. You know, um, hopefully you'll never need us, but if you do, we'll be here. We're not going anywhere. You know, and, and so it's, it's the, uh, you, you have to be able to respect other people's opinions. Right. And, and I've, I probably, in my younger days, in my, in my days of maybe being a little uh, rowdy, rowdy, or tougher than I thought I may, tougher than I thought I was, um, have I may have said that in the past. I may have said, "This is what we signed up for," because that was the cool thing to say. That was the thing to make me feel tough. But the way I look at it is, there's not a man or a woman in the public service department that signed up to pull a, a limp child's body out of a pool, mm -hmm. out of a mangled car, out of a burned up building. 
out of the Did field. You, when, when, you, when you say you signed up for the profession, was that, was that the sentence at the, top of the, at the top where you signed your name? You sign up to pull a child out of the, that is charred and disfigured that is the same age and looks and resembles the same as your child. Yeah, no. Is that what you signed up to do? Not even close to it. No, you did not. Mm -mm. You did sign up to see difficult things. And and, and those of us that have been in the profession, I do feel have a higher calling and, and are capable of dealing with things a little bit better than the vast majority of the public. But not a single one of us could say, yes, I signed up to do that statement I just said. No, not even close. There's not a single soul that if they were to take their shirt and go like this, to have Superman on the shirt. There's, you know, and I think that's the other thing. I think we all think that we're Atlas, right? And that we can carry the world on our shoulders. And yeah, you can for a little bit. But yeah. you you go to you go to fall and and you go to stumble and that's and that's okay. Yeah. It it's okay not to be okay. It's not okay to stay there. Bingo. Thank and, you for following that up. Yeah. That I mean that's the issue. It's, that that I actually did a video the other day. I just haven't even posted yet. And you said I said that exact same thing, which that's why we're having this podcast because because we're on the same wavelength, but. I think that 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 statement has become overused. It's Mm -hmm. okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. I 100% agree with that. But I do not agree with using that statement as a crutch or using that statement to stay not okay. Mm -hmm. Or, well, it's okay to not be okay, so I'm just going to not be okay. And I'm just going to sit here, right? And I'm not going to do anything to try to figure out what's going on. I mean, like like I said, like if your car's knocking, you're not just going to let it continue to knock. Mm. If your if your motor's knocking, you're not going to sit there and go, "Well, it's it's not going to be okay." It's going to drive you crazy. You want to what what do I need mm. to do? What's going on? Yeah. But we are just so afraid to do the, the deep dive into us and into our personalities and into. Um, face our fears, man. That's that's not an easy thing either. I mean, we all people can say oh, I'm fearless. Well, you may be, but that's not always the case. No, that, we all we all fear is a, good. I will. T- <laughs> so I'll tell you a little story of myself. So my daughter last night was like, "Hey, Craig, for some reason there's a cockroach in our bathroom." Now her bathroom's clean, but she said there's a cockroach in the bathroom. Can you come kill it? Hell no, no. <laughs> Uh, go, go get your mama. I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> I mean, you know, this cockroach could have been like, this. dude, I am deathly afraid of cockroaches. It's good to know. Yeah, it is. Because I'll punch somebody right in the throat. <laughs> if I see a cockroach, somebody getting punched in the throat, and I'm getting fired. <laughs> do not mess with me. I, I, and I think the reason why I don't like them is because they move faster than I do. And that's really probably 99% of other things that move faster than I do. But it, it's just a mindset. And so, so I'm in there. I'm like, yeah, okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. So I'm like rattling the door, you know, kicking trash cans. Because I'm like, if, this, if I see this thing, I don't know if I'm going to like soil myself and pass out. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. So literally 
You have soiled yourself before, right? It depends. No. <laughs> it depends. Eric. So I didn't. Um, so she was like, oh, for crying out loud, I'll get it. I'm like, thank God. I, I'm, but, you know, but what, you had to be able to face that fear. You just got to be able to, like, all right, let me do that. But we. But you know, you know what's on that other side of that fear, though? Is accomplishment. Yes, I did it. I did it. You know, and. and that's but we don't we just look at the fear aspect of it. we don't think of the other aspect like we don't think about working on ourselves and we don't think about hey we're gonna go through hell and we may touch it two or three times but I can guarantee you that the other side of what you're going through is calmness yeah it there's you know like 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 the saying no storm lasts forever right. Right. You know, it, what is that? I've heard of the, I've heard the story on multiple occasions here recently is what is that? I think the, the cows and the buffalo in when a storm is coming, you know, across the field, the cows will run from the storm, mm-hmm. but the buffalo will turn and walk into it because they know that if they just go ahead and face the storm and walk through it, it'll end a little bit sooner. Mm hmm. Because they know it's not going to last forever. Which makes sense. But when you're running, you continually run from a storm and you run and you run and you run and you never turn around. It's always chasing you. And what's that storm? It's your problems. Yeah. Right? I, I was a runner. I, I ran from my problems. And I, and so, you know, going back Every, to... We all, we all do. Yeah. And you know what? Even telling you that now, I even hate admitting that, that I ran from my problems. But I, I, and I say I hate admitting it, but I, I really don't because... So going back to the whole, why, how I got into this. So the, the whole peer support. So I literally went through my own trauma, went through my own things. And when I thought I was healed, I wasn't. And so, um, this actually helped me to heal things. It's, mm-hmm. It helped, help put in perspective of why I'm doing what I'm doing. So I can help other people not be by themselves. So I can look at somebody and be like, Hey man, you need a rest. I got you, you know? And so, um, like, like when I got, when I was, dating Stephanie we got married I, I had like six or seven part time jobs and she said to me one day she was like you know I haven't heard of a single person on her deathbed going man if I work just a little bit harder mm-hmm. and it was like it was like a two by four that hit me in my in yeah. my forehead yeah. and I was like wow and I literally cut down from six or seven to two maybe three and those are all three that I control yeah. when I want to work how much I want to work Yeah, you know so you know that's that that brings up, you know, we were talking about. I have two different topics on that. You know, I was talking about yesterday. My son was out of school for a teacher work day, and I had a thousand different things that I wanted to do or quote unquote should have been doing by whoever set the should have standards in the world. I don't know who set those, but I don't really Person read them. Dead. Yeah, I don't read those standards anymore. Right. I, I go, I've written my own book. I do what I want. And, yeah, <laughs> I, whatever, whatever. <laughs> and uh, so I spent time with my son yesterday. And I didn't feel guilty for it. Sure. And I think so many people, they feel guilty for doing what they would actually make them feel better. And I think the other aspect of that is you had a thousand things to do that yesterday when your son was off 
You didn't. You had one. I did. I had one because I knew if I came into this office and I started doing those a thousand things, none of them would have gotten done well at all because my mind would have been in the other room where he was because that's where I was needed to be. Right. And you're always going to have things to do. You're always going to, you're always going to look, you can work six or seven part-time jobs, but you know what? You're always going to chase that money. Mm -hmm. You're always going to chase whatever the case may be. You're always going to have things to do. And, and it's, it's just not stop. It's, it's be have the ability to prioritize and have the ability to that perspective of, Hey, look, how old is Landon? Eight, eight. You know what? He's only going to be eight once. Yeah. You know, and can't get that time back. And kids don't care. They don't care what kind of house they live in, what kind of car you're driving, what kind of clothes they have on. All the kid cares is, does that person love me? Mm -hmm. You know, and and that's really at that age. And it's exactly right because I we were walking and I it was this really big house back in the back of the neighborhood and I was I was walking by it yesterday. I was like, man, I'm gonna why don't we buy a house like that? He said, no, I like ours. <laughs> it's like, oh, gotcha. <laughs> All right, fair, fair enough then. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. No, I don't want to move. Yeah. And that's, and, and, and we, but we just, we are so. But we put harder on ourselves because we think that we need to be working our dicks off to provide this lifestyle that they don't even care about. They just want us to walk down the road and play freaking Pokemon Go. Hey, look, and by the way, I, I do you like, like your... You like my Pokemon yeah, I, I do, I, uh, desk mat here? It's, it's that's dope, a, that's a stole like from Landon. He, he came in the other day. He's like, why is that on your desk? I said, because I'm using it. Um, are we going to do a Pokemon YouTube video or what? <laughs> you were like, uh, <laughs> But you know, it's kind of like I, I laugh. Um, well, I, I should say I laugh, but like, you know, vampire baseball, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, when you do Colt or... Uh, Colt League or Mustang, you know, it's like Mustang, Pony, that kind of thing. But like 10-year-olds, right? Little 8-year-old kids, Pinto, that are just, it's coach pitch, right? Those kids don't care but about two things. What's the drink and what's the snack? Yeah. That's all they care about. That's right. That's how, that's how my wife got Landon to even get interested in baseball. She's like, uh... She's like, well, there's a concession stand there, and you can get like icy after practice. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what else can I get? And then all of a sudden, it's just kind of like you, you feel a tug at your pocket. But, but that's but, but how how hard is it for adults to act like like act like a child or feel or remember what it feels like to be a child? When does a game not become a game anymore? Right, I, dude. I, I would like to get him back, man, but that improv class. I'd like to get him on the podcast. You would, we're Facebook friends. I need to. Yeah, you would really. He is extremely smart. He's got his own trauma, yeah. his own story. Um, but the, just to spin on it, it, it's, it is. It's comedy, but it's comedy with a purpose. And, this, and, and the, the, the nice thing I like about it, it can be used in your work field and it's adaptable to anything, but it's just the, the kind of thing of come. It's just the, the thing of coming through with authenticity, mm -hmm. authenticity. Say that fast 10 times. I'm waiting. I can't say it. More. <laughs> no, I struggle. Um, Be real. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we, but it, it's, I, I don't know, dude, but you know, 
if there's anything I can tell anybody, and I, and I think that's the other thing, like, you know, I know that the messenger can spoil the message. And sometimes they see me and they think that I'm trying to cram mental health down people's throat. And I'm not, I'm not, I, I give you, I give you stuff you're looking for. And I don't, I don't go to you and go on like a little, like Landon, dad, 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 mm -hmm. hey, dad, dad, hey, dad, yeah. we can play poker. Watch you, this, watch this, yeah, yeah, watch hey, this, watch <laughs> this, watch this, dad. You know, I mean, in your mind, you're kind of like, get off me, you know, give me a second to breathe. But I, I'm, I'm not like that. I give you information and then that's it. I don't, I don't follow up. And if you don't use that, I'm okay with that. It doesn't yeah. make me mad. Right. You know, because nobody, you're not going to do anything until you truly hit your rock bottom. And nobody knows what that rock bottom is, you know, for each individual. You know, I, if I, if you hit rock bottom, the only person who's going to know is you, you know? So, I mean, you know, I, I, if there's anything I want people to know, though, that, that today it's, today's age of society, hey, look, man, it's, it's okay to show vulnerability. There's strength in vulnerability, right? Yeah. You know, there's strength, there's, there's strength in, in asking for help. There's just, there's so much strength out there that, you know, I don't want people to feel like that they got to travel this world alone or by themselves. Right. You know, we just don't. You know, like, like I'm, I'm watching you now. Right. And like, I, I love watching people. I could sit in malls for hours and watch people, just how they react to things, how things get started, what they do. Cause people just fascinate me. It's not like a stock commercial. <laughs> Pop like a balloon. And Eric, if you need to cut this, like. Yeah. What's wrong? Uh, well, I guess we're we're actually recording again. Uh, we might have been recording the whole darn time. I don't know. Well, well you know, I mean, you probably need to edit those singing parts out. Uh, if you, uh, old, who was that, Frank Sinatra? Yeah, uh, uh, he's staying in there. Uh, <laughs> Bring it old Frankie. Anyway, we have some technical difficulties yet to uh, not, well, I, I won't say you're dumb. I have one dumb audio visual you need to fire your sound guy. What's <laughs> this? This sound guy sucks. <laughs> anyway, well, now we're recording again. Wow, it was what the hell of, were you saying? Uh, you know what? I, 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 I've said so much. We've, we've talked about so much. Just, just to let people not to, to struggle alone. You know, it's, 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 um, it's important to me because I mean, I, I, I cannot. There's not a single person in this world that hasn't struggled. Yeah. Not a single person in this world who who lives a carefree life. Right. Because if you say you live a carefree life, excuse me, you're struggling. Yeah. There's some, there's nothing carefree. Yeah. The, uh, the, the zero F's given mentality that you hear people talk about. I don't, <laughs> I don't buy into that. No, no, I, I don't buy into the zero F's given, uh, personality. So really quick, what are the questions that you had that you'd like to hit? Did you like to talk about? Because I, I know we probably it, yeah, it's yeah. probably probably a good time. We yeah. can wrap it up. We've been going almost an hour and ten minutes at this point. Okay, so, I mean, well, we, I know when you're gazing into my eyes, it really makes the uh, conversation flow. But. Well, honestly, I I get kind of starry eyed. And before I've screwed up the recording, good good thing I know how to edit. Well, good um, thing. Good thing. <laughs> You, you know people. If this was the first podcast, that's a, that's that's a good ending point. Is you know, in mental health, it's just like anything else. 
you've got to start somewhere. You've got to work on yourself. It's going to be messy. You're going to feel like you're doing everything wrong. Ugh. But you just got to do something. Because if I, if this had happened, if the recording thing had happened, my first podcast, I would have been devastated because I don't, I didn't know how to edit. I didn't have the proper tools to upload it. It would have been an hour conversation down the shitter right. because I didn't know how to do anything. Not really down the shitter, but you know, it would have been. But it would have been an hour conversation, not recorded or not uploaded beautifully as, you know, I think that so many of us, we don't start whatever it is because it ain't perfect, but ain't none of us perfect. We don't start because we make excuses of why, of why we can't start. And I will give a great example of that. So EJ, EJ Ivy, you know, I mean, he's been, he'd been around a long time and we were having lunch at Marty's with the easy lunch or breakfast. I can't remember at Marty's with Will Pinnell. And we were talking about school, and he was like, look, bro. You know, he is, hey, bro. Mm -hmm. You know, that guy, it's, always, it's funny when he says, hey, bro. But he said, um, you know, we're talking about school. He's like, look. He's like, school, the hardest part of school is taking that first step. Right. He's like, all it is is just being tenacious. And once again, because he said it's just being tenacious and taking that, the hardest part is taking that first step. And it really it hit me. I mean, I'm like... And you're right. And I, how can I look at my daughter, my 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 thirty year old, and say, "Hey, look, you need to go to school. You're smart. You're intelligent. Blah 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 blah." If I'm coming up with a million one excuses of why I can't, yeah. Well, Dad, why haven't you? Yeah, and I'd be like, and "Well, I, I, you yeah. know." Uh, I think well. I say this quote freaking every single podcast was Ed Milet is the biggest form of child neglect is the parents not living up to their true potential mm -hmm. is because. You know, like you just said, well, go to school. You can do anything you want. Well, Dad, how come you're not? Oh, because, yeah, I'm, I'm well, you know, uh, well, uh, I, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not this. In all reality, how about you just say, hey, because I'm scared. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm scared, honey. I'm scared. I, I, I don't have confidence in my intellectual ability to get through school. And that's bullshit. Yeah. Straight up. So... Yep. Eric, it has been fun. I really appreciated this a lot. Yeah, I it's been a it's been a long time coming. We might have to do another one. I know. Shoot, I think you and I have had kind of phone conversations this long too. So, uh, and I know sometimes you call me like, "Oh, I can't got time." Uh, no, no doubt. No, it's it's I no bullshit. Like if I don't answer the phone, it's because I don't have forty five minutes to talk. <laughs> and I don't it's, think it's all. I, it, I can it's talk not. Years. It's yeah. There's no no offense, but I will call you back at some point, or you'll call me back three more times, and then maybe I'll answer, and then we'll have a forty five minute conversation. And I'm, I get that, <laughs> and that doesn't. But you laugh. That doesn't bother me. No, it shouldn't. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you it, know, I'm just like, hey, I, I get it. I can talk your ears off a wooden hobby horse. That's the only. That's the only true gift I have is a gift of gab. Hence, well, you look nice too. Do I? Yeah. You know, I, I prepared myself really well. <laughs> I mean, I got up this morning. I brushed my hair like this. <laughs> I went about my business, but, but look, yeah, man, oh, keep, yeah. keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate um, it. It's, it can be daunting at some, it can be very daunting at some, at, at times. Uh, the only thing, only recommendation or only comment I would make to you is, um, you know, you, you have to be that, that uh, Brene Brown did the man in the arena speech and her, her final comment was, you know, 
if you're not down in the arena getting your ass kicked and getting sweaty and bloody and and tired, I don't want to hear any comments from the cheap seats. Yeah. It means nothing to me until you're down here side by side yeah. going through the same thing I'm going through. So yeah. Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, no, Craig Bodette. But thank you. <laughs> Eric has been great. You, you stupid. You, 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 I tell yeah. my wife, you stupid. Hey, well, let's, I know, you know, where do you recommend people if they are truly struggling with suicidal thoughts or just mental health problems at all? Where do you recommend somebody start? Um, if you're obviously, if you're a man of faith, it's, you can go go to your preacher, your chaplain. Thank you for that. You, you know uh, that kind of thing. Those they actually believe it or not are important. And when I say they're important for us and our team, because they don't. Everybody thinks a chaplain comes in and leads out with faith, and they don't. No. Not at all. As a matter of fact, they they're they, teaching from a faith. They're, they the good chaplains are teaching from the Bible, from the verses of the Bible, without actually you know saying it. it. Yeah, because like I just told you before we started, you know, I've been diving deep into reading the Word of God, and their every answer is right there. Right, right. So, so that's one. You got CSB, obviously. You know, you got which is community, community service services board. board. Yep. Okay. Um, and you also have um, friends. I mean, friends that, that have been in your circle for a long time. Sure. You know, somebody that you know that that will pick you up and carry you. Yeah. You know, um, that you also have. There's several different websites. You know, they got the, and I don't have it on. I have it on my phone, but it's a, a text crisis. A lot of people nowadays are texting. Yeah. And when you text this number to them, they immediately respond back. It's not within 30, 30 minutes. It's within. 15 seconds. Yeah. You know, um, I'll look them up. I'll put them in the show notes for yeah. the, I'll put the, those cry, the crisis hotline suicide. There's a suicide line. Now we'll put those, uh, I think I have my cell yeah, phone. we'll put those, I'll put those in the show notes for people, but I think that's important. I think I know, you know, that suicide topic that people like to sweep under the rug. We don't, we don't, we, we lift that carpet and shake it out. Yeah, so I, I'm, not, I'm here to tell you it's, um, it's, uh, how, how can I say this? Suicide um, is, is you should be able to hopefully realize that there's people out there. Okay, and you know what? I think the biggest thing is once people go through what they're going through, they look at you and go, you too? Right. You know, I want people to understand that, that you're not the only person struggling with this. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people out there struggling with the same topics. And when you kind of realize, oh, wow, it is the same topics, it changes the mindset. People are like, man, whew, I thought I, I thought I was the only one. Nope. You no. ain't alone. No, not at all. It's the best way to end this thing. You ain't alone. You're not alone. You don't have to be. Anyway, guys, I thanks again, Craig, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you, man, everything that you've done for me and everything that you continue to do for the public service world and the world in general, when it comes to mental health, you truly are making a difference and you're passionate about it and, and you truly do care. So, um, we need more people like you in this world. So well, I, appreciate I appreciate that. The compliment. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you for the opportunity. Yeah, man. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to on the daily podcast. 
Oh, we'll get choked up on that. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't get choked up this whole damn podcast until right there. But, was, it, um, was it my smile? It might have been. It might have been that <laughs> leg. It might have been you stroking my leg under the desk. I, I, uh, I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, thanks again for listening to On the Daily Podcast. I truly appreciate you listening, guys. Uh, go on Apple, Spotify, all those good platforms. Give me a five-star rating review. It really goes a long way to get this, uh, get the word out there get the reach um because we really do we want to make a difference we want to help each other grow and thanks again on to the next one